Ortega, author of Ghost Squad. And I'm Kat Cho, author of Wicked Fox and Vicious Spirit. And this is Write or Die. So, season three. Woo! Are you excited? Yeah. Super excite. It's all it's happening. Here. It's, it's happening. real. <laughs> I love how we just like decided, yeah, it's season three. <laughs> it is. It's our show. We, we make the rules. That is true. And also, to be fair, we're changing the format a little. So it yes. should be a new season. And we took a break. We because did. Because the pandemic was wild and we both got very busy with things and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I spent three months making this tie-dye t-shirt. So <laughs> You made that t-shirt out? No, I love it. I didn't make it. Oh. It's, it's like a oh, hand-me-down from it, something. Turbo. But I've had it for years and... I it's I this is definitely my favorite t-shirt ever oh, I really? really like it mm-hmm. oh I'm wearing my stay sexy don't get murdered t-shirt perfect yeah so both iconic looks <laughs> um I love your cat headphones by the way oh thank you thanks yeah. <laughs> they're for um they're for uh my razor my whole razor setup which is cute and pink nice as I look down, because it's all before me. <laughs> you can't see it, but it's here. Uh, so this episode is also being video recorded because we thought we would do a little extra for our patrons on Patreon. Yes. So if you're listening to the episode and you're wondering what our t-shirts look like, then definitely head over to our Patreon <laughs> um, because we have a lot of extras that we do all the time there. We have bonus episodes. We have Clarabelle and Cat Chats. We have lightning rounds with our guests, as well as bloopers and some sporadic pup dates from our assistant, Poncho. Yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, let's get into it. Season three, it's going to be different, but it's going to be fun, I think. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be different. We're staggering our episodes, so it's going to be two a month now instead of every week. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's mostly because of our schedules and because we rather focus on like putting our effort into the episodes and making them really good rather than like a scramble to get them done just so that they're done on time. Um, we want to give you guys more like quality content and more value um, for your listen because we're nice like that. Yeah. And and I think that uh, we definitely love, love, love the format of just showing how people did their path to publication and they got their book deals and they got their agents and everything like that. And we're not going to abandon that format, but we also do kind of want to switch it up a little bit just to make sure that there's just some more fun questions thrown in there. We want our guests to be as entertained as we want our listeners to be. So we have come up with some fun little like questions, some games we might be playing with our guests, um, just depending on, uh, you know, who, who we're talking what am I saying who we're talking to and and like also like like um the episodes will have like specific topics too that we're covering so um just so that it doesn't get redundant ever we want to make sure it's fresh and that we're we're learning different things from the authors that we speak to um but yeah, yeah we're we're both excited about it 
Yeah, everyone has, everyone comes, you know, with their own, you know, expertise or what they're passionate about. And in that way, too, then we can kind of help to label the episodes. So you're like, what was that episode where they had the guest and they were talking about author finances? And instead of you guys having to search everything, we just kind of want it to be a little bit more themed, labeled better, uh, so you can find those things. So... I think it'll be really fun. I'm super excited, rejuvenated. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it was definitely a well-needed break, especially with everything going on. It's it's been hard to be like productive and stay focused on things. And uh, I'm a big fan of breaks when you need to take them because sometimes that's necessary for mental health. So and just, you know, we're human. Yeah, we got to take breaks for sure. Um, okay, so now that that's out of the way, we have some fun shout outs. Woo! Um, we love, love, love our patrons. And so for some of the tiers, we want to give personalized shout outs. So first of all, Monica, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being a patron. We are so excited that you are one of our listeners. And Elisa, you're the next shout out. We love you. I love your name. It's beautiful. It's like two beautiful names combined to make one beautiful name. Thanks for supporting us. <laughs> and Jade, thank you so much for being one of our patrons. Uh, Jade is a very auspicious stone in East Asian culture. So like this is a very auspicious name and we hope that it brings you a lot of luck and that we hope that you get a lot of entertainment out of our podcast. Yay. Yay! Okay, so if you want a personalized shout-out, then you can also head over to our Patreon, where we have that option as part of our tiers. Yes. What's our link? It's patreon.com slash write or die podcast? I don't remember it. Um, yes, write or die podcast, all one word. <laughs> and we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah. Obviously. Yes. Write or Die is brought to you in part by T Public. Public is home to independent art on stickers, cases, shirts, and more. Check out our Write or Die store at tpublic.com slash stores slash Write or Die podcast. Our merch will be discounted from August 12th to 14th and August 26th to 28th. Check it out now. Um, okay, we also have an Ask Me Anything question mm. from our patre- Patreon. Um, and this person asked, what is the best Twitter pitch contest pitch you've ever read what do you think is the key to an exciting twitter pitch i can go first yeah um so mine is from at holden underscore creates um and this one was from 2018 so it's a little older um there have been a lot of really great ones but this is one that stood out in my mind and it's ready player one plus check please everything is under control Blake Taylor and her friends were not affected by the virus that has infected the virtual reality of the Finley Institute. We ask that you keep it a secret from the media. Everything is under control. Hashtag DB Pitt, hashtag YA, hashtag SF, hashtag LGBT. Um, I love this. I really like this one because it's very voicey. Like mm-hmm. you, you get a you get a sense of the plot. Um, you get a sense of what's going on in the book itself, but also it's told in the voice of not just somebody in the book but like obviously an antagonistic character or being or entity um it's just very like it feels very like the hunger games announcements over our heads type of feeling yeah um and it it scared me like when i remember when i read it i was like whoa this is really scary and cool um and it just made me so intrigued to know more about the book um 
and the comps were really good as well one book slash movie I don't know if you would say Ready Player One is too big to be comped I don't it is a movie but I feel like it's still like niche enough that you can use it and Check Please is an absolutely amazing graphic novel um so yeah it's just it's just really good it's really intriguing it's really mysterious it's voicey it has plot in it it's all around a very good pitch in my opinion yeah I agree I I feel like also it kind of subverts your expectations in the fact Mm. that it's kind of talking to you breaking the fourth wall saying we ask you keep it a secret from the media I love that it just makes you notice it a little bit more which I think is really smart Right, it stands out. It's different. It's um, it's innovative in terms of a of a of a pitch. So I think that's very hard to do. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to do well, you know, because you can mm-hmm. do something that nobody's ever done before, but that doesn't mean that it's gonna work. Um, so, kudos to Sammy at Holden underscore creates on Twitter. Well done. Um, so I forgot that. This was part of the question, so like literally had to look it up uh, right before. Um, But mine is obviously an old one too, and it's it's gnarly being a punk witch in 1980s New York City when Emerald accidentally (laughs) bends time and risks being erased from history. Hashtag DV Pit, hashtag YA, hashtag UF, hashtag own. (laughs) This is mine! (laughs) Marvel's original pitch, and you know, I... I have chose this as a joke, but I also chose it because I really wanted to show what someone could do in, you know, 140 characters, which is how many characters Clarabelle and I used when we did DB Pit back in old, olden days. Hashtag old people. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that I think that what happens sometimes in these pitch contests is because you do have a few more characters with 280 that you use them because you think you have to, but you don't. You can get a lot across in very few characters. And what I really loved, I mean, this this tweet is kind of how Clarabelle and I became friends. Because, like, my my reply to her is right underneath. The first time I ever talked to Clarabelle on Twitter was me replying to her pitch and debut pit. And I loved the setting. I loved, like, the risk, like, the stakes that were in it because accidentally bends time and risks being erased from history is huge stakes, very specific to the story. Um, One of the things I often see people doing in pitch contests is saying, like, everything she knows will be destroyed or she'll lose everyone she loves or, um, you know, to, to risk dying for love or something like that. And while those might be what your stakes are, they're... I guarantee you if you dig, there's going to be a more personal way to say those stakes. Um, And it just makes the pitch stand out more. It makes it more interesting. It makes it more unique. And that's really important in these pitch contests because pitches move so quickly on the feed. And so I feel like in 140 characters, Clarabelle wrote a better pitch than I see a lot of people doing today. So Shots fired. Sorry about it. (laughs) Shots fired. (laughs) That's how I feel. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to speak um, about it because we can include these in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I have to send you the link for mine because I just put a screenshot of it like a dork. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so I think we both 
uh, sort of answered what do you think is the key to an exciting Twitter pitch in describing our favorites. But like I like what I said still stands like making doing something innovative if you can and if it works like don't force yourself to do something different because you think it's going to stand out like standing out is not enough it has to like be good you can stand out for being terrible so (laughs) um like you know workshop it with a couple of people make sure that it's actually something that is going to make sense to to others you know um like with sammy's pitch it's very specific to the book it could have very easily gone wrong had they not uh formatted it and and written it out the way that they could because sometimes we forget that people don't know everything about our books Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. have to make it intriguing enough and like uh clear enough so that people are gonna understand what's going on and that can be hard to do when you're the same way it can get hard to edit your book like after a while because you're so close to it i think it can be hard um to to have a pitch that is um, so, sort of subverting all of those pitch tropes um, and um, and actually works and makes sense and is going to translate like what that book actually is about. Um, yeah. And I think one of the best ways to do that is to, to show your pitch to someone who hasn't read your book, mm-hmm. who doesn't know what it's about and see if they get it, you know, like one or two people and be like, do, do you understand what what this is about like what this what do you think this book would be about if you saw something like this um and that way that might help you to make it clearer but i think um being innovative if you if you can thinking outside the box and being very clear about what the book is 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 trying to accomplish uh is is important to me it makes it stand out to me yeah i agree i think that part of the problem too with people is that they they don't want to give spoilers to their books, which I completely understand. Like you don't want to give spoilers. That's why you say like, or everything that she knows will be destroyed because you think that it's going to give away a part of your book. But think of it like how you're writing your query. Usually the query is really encompassing everything that's going on in like the first act. Um, So if you just focus on the first act and then just pull out like what within that setup is making your world unique, your inciting incident unique, your characters unique, or your inspiration unique, then that might get help give you an idea of what is more specific to include and what's not a spoiler. Um, I think that the problem is, is that people think that these pitches need to include all of the book. And I think that that's also a problem in queries as well, is that people don't realize that a query like a back cover summary is really the setup And the setup should have the unique elements of your story. If everything that's unique about your story is in the third act, then you really need to go back and rethink how you're doing the setup of your story at all. Um, So it's kind of it all does intermix with each other, but it's really helpful because it just like helps you see your story in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Like think about something like a Netflix um, description, right? Like Netflix literally has three seconds to get your attention with the the little descriptor underneath the show if you're not watching the trailer itself and they don't give away what actually happens right um but but it it, it's enough to grab you if it's something that interests you so just think of it in that way too yeah cool the choices made at the end of wicked fox have had far-reaching effects and miyoung's friends are about to find out the dire consequences The forces that govern life and death have been upended, and there are supernatural entities lurking in the background that will stop at nothing to right their world. 
new romance and dangers abound in Vicious Spirits, the companion to the crowd-pleasing Wicked Fox. Wicked Fox and its companion novel, Vicious Spirits, both find inspiration from Korean mythology, culture, and Korean dramas. Wicked Fox has been called a vibrant debut novel that employs Korean genre conventions for an utterly original take on the young adult fantasy by Entertainment Weekly, and fresh and fast-paced by School Library Journal Review. Wicked Fox is out now from Penguin Random House, and Vicious Spirits is coming out this month on August 18th. You can purchase both wherever books are sold. So um, let's let's <laughs> move on. Let's move on. Yeah, so I, I kind of wrote out some things that I, I kind of wanted us to talk about in this episode just because it's just you and me. And uh, we don't have a guest for this one because we kind of just wanted to like say hello and hang out with our re- listeners. I keep on trying to call them readers <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and hang out with our listeners for a quick like mini-sode pretty much. Um, so what I wanted to talk to you about, Clarabelle, is, is what you've been up to. Because <laughs> we have been on break for like yeah. two-ish months. Yeah. Um, so I've done a couple things. Um, I finished my graphic novel. Woo! That was closer to the beginning of the pandemic. So I finished that, which is good. I turned it in. Um, I also... Um, I'm working on... a proposal for a thing right now which I'm on deadline for Uh, I also uh, sold another thing Uh, um, obviously the thing that I'm working on hasn't been announced because it hasn't even been sold the thing that has been sold hasn't been announced because it's not time yet and publishing goes slow so Mm -hmm. um so in terms of publishing, that's what has been going on. Also some short story uh, stuff. I handed in my short story for This Is Our Rainbow. Uh, my story, Paper Planes, which I really love. Um, it's magical realism about a little girl named Flor who has a is having sort of like a crisis, a gay panic because she's not sure if oh, she's no. gay. And then this drag queen moves in across the street. Um, oh, my God and it becomes a mentor to her and the way they communicate is with these magical paper planes that only Flora can send out. I love this so much. I mean, I'm yeah. sure that Ryan's going to be a beta reader, but I shot a beta reader. Yeah, sure. I can send it to you. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I really love it. It's very sweet. Um, and as uh, it, it's, it's sort of an ode to my little weirdo self when I lived in the Bronx because I would always spy mm. on my neighbors. Girl, bye. <laughs> I would always be like with binoculars, like, what's everybody doing? Like <laughs> yeah, I was like five or six, but I it doesn't it. matter. Um, so, so Flora is a little bit of that just because, you know, she's, um, she's, she's the sole English speaker of her household. So she has to communicate with the bill collectors and with all of these people. And she's forced to sort of grow up uh, a lot faster, um, which is so uh, such a a trope, again, of the immigrant experience for children. Um, It's something I definitely went through, like writing out checks, speaking to bill collectors, all of these things at a very, very young age because my parents did not speak English. Um, 
I and I wanted to go ahead. Sorry. Oh, I was gonna say like, is that a trope so much as it's just a reality? I feel no, like it is a reality. I just keep saying trope today for some reason. Yeah, I feel like you and I recognize that reality for kids of immigrant parents. Um, but it's something that definitely needs to be like written out in stories because it is something that people go through. Yeah, for sure. And I think that a lot of times, a lot of the conversations that I see about kids not being able to handle certain things or things being unrealistic in books or being too heavy for kids to handle really comes from a very privileged um, mindset and sort of upbringing. Mm -hmm. And I I think people don't realize that sometimes um, that there is so much that happens with children of immigrant parents, of poor families that... Um, if you didn't experience it, it might seem far-fetched to you. Mm-hmm. It might seem like something that's unrealistic or like overly dramatic or blown out. But it's the reality for a lot of people, um, not just in the past, but right now today. <laughs> <laughs> so I really yeah. wanted to show that in Floor Story. Um, so that's that. And then also, unrelated to books, I have started <laughs> streaming on Twitch, which those of you who so see the video right now can see I have my kitty headphones on. <laughs> It's been really fun. Streaming has been something that I've been wanting to do for a long time. I love gaming so much. It's like a huge part of me. And I've been, I was really afraid to join the gaming community because of all of the, you know, stereotypes about the gaming community and how scary it can be, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But I was like, I'm just gonna do it. Like, I'm just gonna try it and see what happens. And now I'm obsessed with it. And I've found like, a small like I'm still very 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 new Mm -hmm. but I've found like a little group of uh, streamers that play similar games to me so nice very kind uh, funny and it's cool because I feel like I'm making new friends Um, I'm being a part of like a whole new community and talking to people who have something that in common with me Uh, that's really important to me and I'm having a lot of fun and it's really nice to have a hobby that has nothing to do with uh, books and nothing to do with my author career yeah I do mention that stuff like in my about page obviously because you know I gotta sell some (laughs) of these things I gotta get them out the door in any way I can um but I I'm mostly doing it just because it's it's like a fun outlet for me because it's something that I've always wanted to do. And I stupidly felt like, I'm too old. Um, <laughs> like, yeah. I'm too old to stream. And then it's like, well, I can still move my... I can still... I Like, I physically can still do it. So there's no barriers for me to, to, to not do this except for, like, my own preconceived notions of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I just got over it, and now I'm having a great time. And Jordan Fisher is a fellow streamer. We're not oh friends yet, but yet we will be. Get your dreams <laughs> to come true. If you become streamer friends with Jordan Fisher, then I demand to be introduced to him. <laughs> I swear. Oh my gosh. He's talented. I love him. But but yeah, it's been it's been really great. If you guys want to follow me, <laughs> I'm at oh. Twitch.tv/slash Clarabelle streams at all. We'll put it in the we'll put it in the show notes. Let me. Yes. Clarabelle's Twitch. For Luceli Luna, ghosts are more than just the family business. Shortly before Halloween, 
Lucelli and her best friend Sid cast a spell that accidentally awakens malicious spirits wreaking havoc throughout St. Augustine. Together, they must join forces with Sid's witch grandmother Babette and her tubby tabby chunk to fight the haunting head-on and reverse the curse to save the town and Lucelli's firefly spirit before it's too late. With the family dynamics of Coco, an action-packed adventure of Ghostbusters, Clarabel A. Ortega delivers both a thrillingly spooky and delightfully sweet debut novel with Ghost Squad, coming April 7, 2020 from Scholastic. Pre-order today at buyghostsquad.com. So Kat, how about you? How's your uh, summer and break been? It's been good. Um, hi, David. I can see David. <laughs> We're recording. We have a he has a clip. Though. He has a clip in his hair, like the, like like from the boys doing the K-dramas. Ooh, I just slapped him. Oh, it looks good. What's up, guys? It's really it long. Like <laughs> um, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, my summer. Um, mm-hmm. It was good. So I ended up going to my sister's for six weeks um, because there was a period of time where, like, New York and Chicago were pretty much doing similarly well with Mm. uh, coronavirus and Mm. she has a baby she has a almost two-year-old and she was she and her husband were both working from home um in jobs that required like zoom conferences like pretty much eight hours a day and then there's this baby running around and I was like well (laughs) you know this random baby this random baby like where did that (laughs) random baby come from And we were talking about it, and I was supposed to visit her this summer before all of this happened, and then um, kind of, like, discussing if I was going to cancel my trip or not, and did a lot of research about the safety of air travel right now, did a lot of research about, you know, what cities were considering, like, having travel bans and stuff, and it seems to be a great, like, in the moment that I was studying it, researching it, it was, like, the most opportune moment to just go to Chicago and shelter in place there. Um, and because I decided to make my stay six weeks, it just felt like it was worth it. Um, and then I could help take care of my niece. So I ended up going there and sheltering in place for six weeks and I got nothing done. <laughs> well, with a baby, baby, it's so hard. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I will say that what I think I got from that experience was that being with family and recharging and literally like not thinking about publishing for most of the time that I was there was so refreshing and it was so nice. And, you know, I definitely felt very, um, I don't want to say blessed hashtag blessed. I definitely, I definitely felt that I had privilege in the fact that I was able to do that. Right. Um, I, I don't work in, you know, um, a job where I have to stay where I am and, and I could go and be with family and I have the financial means and I'm healthy. So I definitely was very, very grateful that I was able to do that and also grateful that it was just like really good for my mental health. Um, and I think definitely during the, these times where, you know, there's all of this new stuff now about like second wave and, you know, honestly, I have feelings about that because honestly, I don't think the first wave ever ended, but that's a different conversation. Um, I, I know a lot of people are feeling it. A lot of people are are not used to doing this and, and it's so hard and it's a, it's a tax on your mental health and, you know, humans are social creatures. So the fact that we're not really allowed to see each other is really hard on, on, on all of us. So I definitely think that, you know, doing something that you might not have considered doing before 
Like for me, I don't know if I would have gone to see my sister for six weeks in, you know, um, but it was what was right for me mentally. Yeah. <laughs> and I was able to do it. So I think that that's, you know, an extreme version, but um, my lesson there was like, definitely take what you need for yourself in these times. Um, as long as you're, you know, being safe and not hurting anyone else, obviously, then I think it's really important. And then as soon as I got back, like I hit the ground running. I like, you know, I have a, one project, like I'm going to do the, what Clarabelle did. I have one project that's sold and not announced, so I can't talk about it. And then another project that's ready to be sold, um, working on that um, just to make sure, you know, last minute, you know, tweaks and stuff like that. Also, don't feel like I can talk about that. Um, the one thing that I can talk about is I'm working on my short story for the anthology Eternally, um, Eternally Yours, which is a paranormal romance anthology. I'm super excited about my short story. It's a topic that I've wanted to write about, but like, I didn't know if I had a whole book in me, but I definitely have like a fun little short story in me about it. So um, it's it's been really exciting. It's, it's based on persuasion. I don't know if you ever read that. Mm-mm. Okay. I have to admit, I'm not a huge Jane Austen reader. Um, I understand why people like it. It's not that I don't like her writing. It's just that like, I never really got into the whole like reading about petticoats and like reading <laughs> by the fire and stuff like that. Um, and like the society norms and like the tension of society and stuff. But um, I did like persuasion because it included a trope that I love, 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 which is um, old lovers or childhood first love who like comes back. And then like all the angst that comes because of it. And so I kind of took the idea of that general, um, that general stuff in persuasion. And I made it into a paranormal romance where the like old, the, this girl's first ever boyfriend, they, they ended it really badly and he left. And now he's back at the end of her senior year. And there's something strange about him. And she's like, what's changed? Oh my God. I love that so much. Mm -hmm. So it's like Sweet Home Alabama meets some supernatural stuff. Yeah, something supernatural. Um, So I'm really excited about like seeing how it plays out. Um, It's my first, it's going to be my first ever published short story. So I'm exciting. I'm really excited about that. But yeah, it's it's also kind of um, been a summer of me experimenting with different formats. And I know that you've been doing that a lot as well. Um, some of my freelance stuff has been with like serialized, like online storytelling, um, like web comics, stuff like that. It's just been like really cool and interesting to see how stories play out in different mediums. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's so fun to play around with different mediums too. I think I said this on an old episode, but I, 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 I feel like a lot of times people who write books forget that there's other ways to write things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there's other outlets for us. We just have to explore them and it can be really fun once we do. Like I love writing graphic novel scripts now. Like I really hope that I get to write more of them because I had so much fun uh, with uh, Frizzy. And um, yeah, short stories are great too, but they're mad hoard. So short hard. stories are so hard. <laughs> yeah. They're hard, but I, I really like writing them as well. So that's so cool. I'm excited for all the things. Yeah. So exciting. I know. Woo! Like, um, obviously, I'm trying to be vague here and Clarabelle's trying to be vague as well. But we we know each other's secrets. Yeah, so of course. Like, wink. 
wink. <laughs> yeah. As, as, not that we don't want to tell you guys, we do. Speaking of winky things, something <laughs> just happened for you that was really exciting, an announcement. Winky things. Uh, yeah, so I was on Good Morning America. Woo! Uh, was chosen <laughs> as one of the summer reading squad, Ghost Squad was. Um, so, yeah, that was really bananas. <laughs> Not something I ever expected to happen. Um, pretty sure it's my first TV thing ever. Uh, but I'll be national television. Yeah, for sure. And I'll uh, I'll be on the show itself, like with the kids discussing the book on the seventeenth, I believe. Yay! And it's um it's on GM three if you want to watch it. So it's like the third hour of Good Morning America. Um. So that should be fun. We should have like a little watch party. Yeah, that would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we'll do it, but if we can figure it out, we're totally doing it. Yeah, maybe I can do it through my Twitch. I'll see if it, that's possible for me to do. That'd be so fun. But yeah, uh, so so that's cool. A whole bunch of people are gonna hopefully know about Ghost Squad. More importantly, gonna buy it. <laughs> Buyghostspot.com. Buy yes, very easy. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, that I think that's our biggest stuff. Um, obviously, always more things coming. <laughs> yeah, we're excited to bring you more interviews and chats. And we got a lot of messages about when we're coming back and thanking us for the episodes uh, while we were on break. So thanks for everybody who reached out. It was really nice. And I'm glad that you're all getting a lot from the podcast and hopefully you uh, keep listening and supporting us because it means a lot. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, we do this because we love talking about writing, but we also do it because community is so integral in this industry. And the fact that community has been kind of built up around this podcast is it's such an honor, you know, that you guys have trusted us with that and, and also, it's just really cool. It's, like, really fun to see people connecting with what we've said and with our guests as well as each other. So thank you so much to all of our wordies. We love you. We're so excited to be back for season three. <laughs> yes, we love you guys. Thanks so much. Um, and we'll see you next time. We'll see you in the next episode. Yeah. 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 Thanks for listening to Write or Die. Be sure to check out Wicked Fox by Kat Cho. And Ghost Squad by Clarabel A. Ortega. And while you're at it, make sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. See you next time, wordies. And don't forget to spread the word. <laughs>